2: Why are you giggling? Because <laughs> there was a good comment that made me laugh, that made me chuckle. Was it this but one? But we can't... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. What, what? Who will start first, the show or Colin Kaepernick?
3: We are right on time, everybody. Welcome. It is Wednesday. I'm Guy. That's John. And uh, this is our show, Haberman hey, of Middlecoff, the YouTube channel where you are watching this. If you are watching, like and subscribe. We appreciate it. If you are listening on the podcast, we appreciate that. Five-star review on Apple Podcasts and uh, share it with your friends. So thank you for all that. If you're listening, YouTube is in the description. If you're watching, podcast is in the description. Link's all around. What's up?
2: Yeah, I, you know, we're obviously sponsored. The show is brought to you by Tito's. And you know who I think needs a couple Tito's? Hmm. Are all the fans in the greater Reno area where actually brandon iuk went to high school after being you know being born in the sacramento area went to high school in our days of the WAC conference uh the nevada reno Wolfpack used to be an awesome team with this guy nick called the little general he was the coach he was really good he developed a pistol with kaepernick who took it to the next level and they they were awesome they were fucking good they were beating tedford they were kicking our ass at fresno state And now they stink. They're getting blown out by Idaho. So raise a glass to basically it feels like Nevada. If you tell me they don't have football in 10 years, I can believe you because they are headed nowhere, nowhere fast. So it's very bad. Cheers to to the Wolfpack. Idaho beat them 33-6 to last
3: week, John. Um, Tito's. Tito's Handmade Vodka. That's who sponsors the show, as John said. America's original craft vodka. Over 20 years of making the best. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly.
2: I might have a couple actually Saturday night because there's a decent chance I attend the Fresno State football game. Come to Arizona State trying to get there. I would imagine they would be the first non-Power 5 team to have two Power 5 wins if they pull this off, right?
3: Well, yeah, uh, yes, they would be because there's only two power, there's only two teams, period, that have two Power Five wins this year. That's Colorado and Utah. So,
2: so the dogs can join now. I, I don't know. I, I know you were working. So I, I was at Isabella's, which is Greyhawks Bar that Phil Mickelson helped develop. Walking through yesterday, and uh, they had on. It was right at the end of the show. I look up. Is it? Uh, Shane Vereen was he there with you on yep. Saturday night? Yep. yep. I see Shane Vereen. And then they pan over. It's Aliotti and you. And then they went to uh, UCLA practice, or I, I don't know. Something was filmed, but they have the Pac-12 network on it. Isabellas, maybe that's you know Phil I love it. supporting his crew. I love it. I like I, I like the dogs this weekend. No know anything about this squad, but I, I like the dogs. What's the number? What's the you got a number on that game? No, but they did go to uh, double overtime against Eastern Washington. So maybe, uh, you know, you beat Purdue. You look past a a little opponent going to Arizona State. They definitely Uh, can win this game.
3: Fresno State is minus three on the road at ASU. (laughs) John, that's outrageous.
2: It's it's a golf school. It's a golf school. I'd say baseball school too, but the baseball team's falling on hard
1: times.
3: ASU played Oklahoma State tough last week. I think they're all right. I think Kenny Dillingham, did you watch any of that game?
2: Was that at Arizona State, though? Yeah. You know, it's like a 7.30 kickoff for Oklahoma Correct. State. Like, I, I'm giving, I, I don't know how good Oklahoma State is. Like, I don't know if they're an 11-win team or a 7-8-win team. But that's a weird spot for a team from several time zones away. Uh,
3: under, no, you're 100% right. I'm just saying, when you watch the game, like, it like they looked like a real team that competed and played hard and, and like, was prepared and well coached. Kenny Dillingham is a maniac on the sidelines. A maniac.
2: I, I was like, Kirby Smart and Must Champ in their prime. Yes. I, I, love I was it. watching the local news right before football season started. And there's this guy. I don't know what industry he's in. He's like insurance or something. He's a booster. And Arizona State practices in Flagstaff. Because like Nevada or whatever, I don't know how you'd have training camp in August in 120 degrees. So you got to go somewhere a little cooler. Jerry, you know, comes to Oxnard. So they go to a place where it's a lot cooler. And this guy, this older guy, I Googled him. He was just gray hair, gray beard. Kenny Dillingham said he told them when camp started, he said, listen, this program would not exist without you. He gave him several million dollars for NIL because Arizona State didn't have. They were going to lose their entire team. You know, when Kenny was coming in, all these guys were about to take off. He's like, we were going to be fucked. This guy cut him a check for several million dollars. And he told him, if you want to go into the huddle at camp, if you wherever you want to stand, you pass me. Because that's what, you you saved the program. (laughs) This, This NIL thing, man, is just, it's pretty wild. You know, Puka Nakua, like all these guys now, when you see a player in the NFL, a young guy, I just my natural scout is just to type in the guy's name, go to his Wikipedia. I can't tell you how often you go to a guy and it's multiple Power 5 schools. It's yeah. like, you know, Wake Forest, Florida State, Florida State, Iowa. It's just uh Washington, BYU. It just it happens I would say pretty consistently the last couple years with draft picks just random guys like in, in the mid rounds. It's it's a fascinating thing to follow right now.
3: Well, I mean, you mentioned Pac-12, so I can give you that one off the top of my head. I think it's ten of the twelve quarterbacks are transfers. Cam Ward, of Washington State transfer. Michael Penix, Bone Nix, DJ Uyunglele, uh, the, guy Caleb. Played, the guy that the guy played at Stanford. Uh, eventually, the other day against SC, when the starter got hurt, was a transfer. Cal has two transfers. Caleb transfer. Dante Moore not a transfer. Uh, ASU. Jaden Rashada, not a transfer, but Drew Pine's about to come back. He's a transfer. And Jaden DeLore, a transfer. Oh, and Utah, Cam, Cam Rising's a transfer. He,
2: Where'd played, he, start he started again? in
3: Texas. Cam Rising's like, a little Cam Rising. He started at Texas. Or like he went to Texas. Yeah. So.
2: Shador, transfer. Yeah. The Shador thing, they didn't do this the second game, but the first game is like, Little HBCUs, and then you go to his rivals. It's like Georgia, Florida State, Alabama. <laughs> it's like I, I don't know if Shador would have been viewed as Caleb Williams coming out of high school, but let's not act like he's just the little engine that could either. Right. right? Yeah, he's not. If 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 Shador Sanders was Shador middlecoff and just open for business, I think it's fair to say, especially I think you know growing up in Florida, he ends up at Florida, Florida State, Miami, Georgia. Ole miss like in that corridor right yes Clemson like he's in the he's in that mix I, I yes. gotta I've been watching football long enough to just see some movements in the arms like yeah I think people would have been interested absolutely absolutely at least tra- at least they don't do that with Travis Hunter because they can't like little HBCU is like no you were the number one overall recruit you were supposed to go to Florida State last second flip-flopped right wasn't that like a historic yeah, moment? Big, big <laughs> yep. Cause Prime was, was like, like Florida. Remember prime
3: tried to get the Florida state job. They didn't want him. So he took the best player. <laughs> the best.
2: For yeah. And it team. felt like, is this going to be the beginning of the end of Norvell? And then two years later, he's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Football Derek is. Ray building the bully. <laughs> Derek Ray, baby. Football There's a good wild. article right now on the athletic. I was reading right before I hopped on about the rise of the college football GM. Oh, it's just, you know, it, Basically it's it started Alabama with uh with Chris Collins, okay. I think is his name, and he's now or he was the Georgia Tech coach coach, I'm pretty sure he got fired. But oh or maybe Jeff he's still Collins, there. maybe or Jeff Collins yeah, one Jeff that guy. The and then most of those guys went to coaching and then Ed Manowitz mm-hmm. uh I was just getting to that part in the article, it was like a guy that wasn't going to be a coach was a personnel man, and just mm. the thing shot up like a rocket ship, and everyone's, all Saban's guys right around then, 09, 2010, 2011, copied them all over the country, and I talked to our buddy a couple weeks ago, Derek Ray. He has 17 people working for him. Wow. 17. Wow. That's the GM of Florida State, which yeah. maybe if this year they make the playoffs or whatever, but I would say the last couple of years, they have not been viewed as like a a financial windfall of just mm. unlimited resources. I don't think. Wow. That's incredible. 17, 17.
3: Uh, John, by the way, before we dive into some other stuff, I got a, a DM from Kwame on Brown? Instagram and no, and he, Kwame said, uh, you guys want to do a shave it or save it. And I said, yes, send me your photo. And what he sent me was not his photo. He sent me Brandon's Staley's photo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> do you know what's funny? Is I saw this Those the of other you day. We're now looking at a photo. <laughs> I, I saw this, and I think the rule, like most people say, with with hair, it's it's directly correlated. Obviously, genetics, and typically on your mom's side, not your father's side. Yeah. But then people also say that you can have good genetics, and one of the most powerful things in a negative light to any human being is stress. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to me, he feels because it's not often a guy, I would say 43, 44, like has this look. I feel like this happens more in your 20s and your 30s. This feels stress related. Like, if you told me both sides of his family, mom and dad, have good hair, I'd believe you. This, this feels like a guy who deep down knows he's over his head. So when he's doing his political, great question, Mickey, at every press conference, he is completely faking it. As someone told me that worked with him once upon a time, his first NFL job, they said this guy had come from, I think, John Carroll or wherever. I mean, it was a, yeah, it on. was not like Alabama, Georgia. It was small school. He said by the time the draft came around, right, he gets hired in January or February, you would think this guy has been working in the league for 20 years. Like, you couldn't convince him of anything. He's kind of a know-it-all, and he's just got that vibe. And clearly it works. He can, you know He can fool some people. Uh, but I don't know if how many of the snaps you saw Sunday. He was not fooling Mike McDaniel. Who, no, he was who, not. Who, who feels like w- one of the more authentic football yes. guys in recent memory.
3: Yes, yes. Even though he's not at all a stereotypical
2: football guy. No, but um, I'm saying he, he has been talking, acting, his mannerisms, his cadence has been the exact same since we started hearing him talk for the 49ers a couple years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, feels exactly the same for those of you new to the show and a lot of you are, uh,
3: we have occasionally not for a while done a segment called <laughs> shave it or save it, where you send us your, your photo of your balding head. And John is somebody who's been through the pain and me who fears it. Uh, give you some analysis. I would say my analysis here for Brandon Staley would be not to shave it, but definitely not to keep it so wet on top. Like it just creates all those spots. I would shorten it on top and not slick it. I would just shorten it on top. Um, I would not be at shave it uh, position here for Brandon Staley yet. How about you?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's, it, it looks like he's going with 1983 Pat Riley, kind of slick back, Gordon Gecko Wall Street look. Uh, when you are balding, getting out of the pool or out of the shower and looking having someone take a picture of you looking in the mirror is always when you get exposed the most. Mm. So like you said, you go with the wet, slick back look. It looks fantastic. For the very, very, very tiny percentage of people who can pull it off, right? Pat, Pat Riley, uh, Michael Douglas in his peak, right? It's it's a small percentage, but when it is pulled off, it's like that is a badass look. It, I would say, in like the '80s and '90s, before people bit their head, that has become much more popular. The last I'd say decade, that was a look that people you could be balding and kind of still rock it like that. Yeah. that he feels much more like a 1983 movie character, right there, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess. That's not a look you see as often now.
3: No, it's not. I, w- I would say. No, I, I think you're right. That's definitely. It's, a, it's, it's more a of a dated look, tucked into Dockers
2: with police. Yeah, like, like you know, just a movie with a shady character in 1987 you Co- know? and cocaine involved Co- a lot. You know, he
3: looks like and- he should be sweating in that photo more than he appears to be. Might be Nicholson. Yeah. So anyway, you can send us your shave it or save it uh, if you'd uh if you'd care to do that. John Brandon Ayuk. You want to start with this? Offensive player of the week? The offensive player of the week in the NFL, <laughs> beating out Puka Nakua with uh, eight catches for 129 yards, two TDs, several of them wide ass open. Um he was on uh candy. Puka Puka,
2: no touchdowns.
3: Okay. Four to ten catches on 14 targets.
2: Ayuk Stafford on, didn't even throw a touchdown.
3: Uh, Ayuk was on uh, KMBR. I, w- I just want to read you some of these uh, quotes here about Brock Purdy. We talk about it in our offense all the time. If the quarterback can trust we're going to be in a spot where we're supposed to be, then we can complete passes even when we have terrible looks. We can still continue to complete the ball, move the sticks, keep the offense flowing. I think trust is the main thing of that. I'm enjoying playing with Purdy. He gives us confidence every week, gives us a bunch of confidence, so much confidence going every game that we're not only going to win, but you got a chance at a great game. I'm loving playing with him. Uh, I'm not sure what, uh, I'm not sure I can even define what it is, but he has it. He plays with extreme poise and urgency. It's like a mix of poise and urgency. He's never too lagged, he's just always on point. He's on point, he's ready to go. He plays with that swag that just bleeds, bleeds all the way down to the rest of the offense, down to the rest of the team that everyone can build off of. Like I said, he has it.
2: Billy Beans pissed off. You, you can't say that in his scouting meetings, can you?
3: Uh, Billy had some teams that had some
2: it guys, remember? He traded yeah. Cespedes, but. <laughs> I, I actually uh, was around an A's guy within the last couple of months, and he said that some of that stuff's overrated. We're nowhere near the analytics of some of these teams around baseball like mm-hmm. the character and the intangible stuff really matters they, they listen this stuff i'm so glad the games are back so we can just talk about football and stop over analyzing stuff that just does not matter oh, and, and i think listen and this is, i hammered this home in training camp not trying to beat a dead horse here but can we all admit nothing matters less than some training camp practice, like august 3rd I mean just completions and touchdowns and picks, like how I mean, G- no one S- e- no match. one ever talked about it what? with any starting quarterback, whether you were Paid Manning or whether you were fucking Dan Orlovsky in two thousand four. I mean, before the rise of social media. It's it's I'm not saying that you couldn't find some information about it in the yes. local paper when we were in high school, but it was nowhere near what it's become. And the forty nineers definitely led the league in it and it just shows you truly how relevant it all was I mean truly now granted this guy was coming back from injury and like there is a there is conversation to have like him playing him not playing on a given practice like is it because his arms hurt but the actual statistics like it's a game I mean it's it's honestly one of the stupid I I, I don't I, I worked for a team and don't ever remember us going over like completion percentage great meetings and stuff what Grades, GFF
3: grades. You guys would go over the GFF grades sometimes.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you would give a guy like, but it, but an incompletion. I mean, hell, you see incompletions in games. Sometimes it's unfair. Like, think about the Mahomes interception, hundred percent Thursday How, night.
3: A bunch of interceptions, like all, a bunch of other incompletions. Yeah, yeah I'm, I he mean, had like ten drops. Uh, um, it'd be like it'd be like uh, going to a restaurant at one in the afternoon while a chef is working on a new dish and being like, guys do not come here tonight. This dish sucks, but he hadn't finished the dish yet. He's experimenting with different things. Then you come in at nine o'clock because you eat late and the dish is done. And you're like, Oh, well, I guess I shouldn't have judged him on the one o'clock version of this dish. Cause the nine o'clock version is the one that he actually put into practice in a real game. I would say this is, this is, they never talked about, I, I mean, they, they had Garoppolo's back. I, did they ever quite go to this level for him?
2: Jimmy wasn't as good. Like I think it I think it it's really that simple. They've upgraded a quarterback. They did all their winning before Purdy with Jimmy. And Jimmy wasn't this good. So this guy's just better. So they've upgraded. Right? I, I think there's probably some if you really dove in, and I'm not comparing this guy to Patrick Mahomes, but they really liked Alex Smith, right? The core guys. Travis Kelsey played with him. Tyree Kill played with him. A lot of their offensive line, they liked him. But it was pretty clear immediately that that was... Now, Patrick was like one of the best players we've ever seen. So it was it was so strong and everyone else was going to benefit so dramatically. But I'd say that's a good example of a guy who probably feels like he underachieved because he didn't have a quarterback who could complete as many passes. Like it, it was pretty difficult. Like It feels like Jimmy hovered closer to you know high teens low 20s like that was kind of his max like he was never going to be some he was never going to have a game like 32 of 43 because kyle wasn't going to call the game that way i mean he had a couple peak games but
3: not enough that it was anywhere near what his
2: norm was right yeah just on a weekly basis you can expect you know at minimum if you're debo or iu five catches at minimum right and Debo's a little different because they're going to work in touches for him other ways. But like Ayuk, the only way he's going to get the ball is going to be passing. I guess maybe throughout the season one or two end arounds, but probably not. Even they more likely to give it to like Ray Ray. It's like I, I got to have a quarterback who's going to throw the ball like that. That's I am equipped to play with a top ten quarterback. Right? Right. You put me with someone sweet, yeah. people would be talking about me like maybe not like the top five ten guys, but like. Look at T Higgins with the Bengals over the last couple of years. He's the number two, but everyone raves about him. I'm a $20 million a year guy. and That's what I thought it was kind of funny. Obviously he practiced really hard and had a really good training camp, but I, he did that last year too. Like he's been, I feel like his effort and his focus and his try hardness has been pretty strong now for like 24 months. Like that's not, it's not from like lack of caring or trying. Right.
3: I think the biggest takeaway from week one was just that the stuff that like, I, I don't know if you saw this, but Sirianni, right after we did the show the other day, Sirianni said, they I, might saw, have to, I saw it that the Eagles might have to rethink how they do the preseason because they didn't like the way they started. And you know, my takeaway was, well, no, just how do you practice? Because McCaffrey and Iuk don't play in the preseason, but they practice for two months. Like the season is here. And look, they were two of the best players in the NFL in week one. Um, let me do a little exercise, a little exercise, John, I did with you. Well,
2: I, I I text someone with the Eagles after yeah. I, I saw you post something about it that he had, I think Jalen Hurts, the last two years in the preseason, nine total snaps. Obviously, this year, zero. So it's like, and he looked really rusty. Yeah. And even texting with people with the Eagles, like, we're not that concerned, but it was clearly a rusty day for a guy that hasn't played. Especially when you start with Belichick. 100%. I also said that Purdy you know, is more likely to get above the teens numbers. Uh, He had 19 completions, but clearly that was, right, indicative of the game they were playing. Like, if the game would have been tighter, that number might have been 30, right? They just, by midway through the third quarter. You see Trent Williams' quote? I was rooting for them to get first downs because I was exhausted. They kept going three and out.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think they got a first down until the, they didn't get a first down until that last drive in the first half, the Steelers. Let me do this real quick because I did it yesterday because Micah Parsons said that he's a top 15 quarterback, and on the surface it might sound crazy, but I'm just going to read you names. You tell me, Purdy or this guy, okay?
2: Go. Tua. I mean, Tua's Tua. been pretty pur- I, you got to go. say
3: Tua. And, and my, my my thing is, John, if you're even hesitating, go with the other guy, and it's still going to end up. Let's see where it ends up, okay? Let,
2: let me say this, though. I don't think the 49ers would straight Purdy straight up for Tua.
3: Okay. So just go if in a, in a when you hesitate go with the other guy and let's see where that gets us. Uh Kirk Cousins.
2: Uh Purdy. A, am I looking at this through like uh, independent team or like for the 49ers just like side? like right How now if like you know if you do I'm Q- Kyle Shanahan? Tiers,
3: no, just QB tiers. Okay? Like QB ranks. Don't overcomplicate it. I okay. So you're still you're sticking with Brock over Kirk. You see Cousins day was not pretty ugly. Well, Baker knew the signals. All right. So you're sticking with. with... I'll go Purdy. Okay. We should be able to do this in 30 seconds. Stafford. Stafford. Okay. Mac Jones. Purdy. Derek Carr. Purdy. (laughs) Goff. Goff. Jordan Love. Purdy. Stroud. Purdy. Lawrence. Lawrence. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. (laughs) Kenny Pickett, Purdy, uh, Justin Herbert, Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, Anthony Richardson, Purdy, uh, Justin Fields, Purdy, Sam Howell, Purdy, Garoppolo, Purdy, Tannehill, Purdy, Russell Wilson, Purdy, Baker Mayfield, Purdy, Ertz, and Lamar Jackson. Those two. Okay. Uh, I shouldn't have done it that way. Deshaun Watson.
2: Uh, I mean historically you'd say Watson, but weird it just happened. <laughs> uh, Bryce Young, he is making two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed. Uh, Purdy, Dak Prescott. I mean, for per- Purdy,
3: <laughs> I said I'm gonna say Dak because you were you hesitated. Zach Wilson, no. Jo- uh, Dobbs, Ritter, Geno Smith. Party, party, party. Um, Burrow, Burrow. Rodgers, Rodgers. Ro- yeah. So 13. You, you've got him 13th or 14th. Yesterday I did it. I had him 15th or 16th. Yeah. Um, and
2: uh, I, th- I think that's the world he's swimming in. Told you about you know, Goff. Get- see,
3: I think, I think he's better than Goff. But, but my point is that Micah, and I just wanted to see what you would say because that's what I did yesterday. My, yeah, Micah's right. He's a top 15 quarterback.
2: I think you have to look at it through who Kyle would trade him for. Right, some of those are so like no brainers, right? The Burrows, the Herberts, the Mahomes, the Allens, the, the, they don't even have to hes- hesitate. I do think once you get to the Cousins, the Goffs, I'll say this about Jared Goff, and I, I truly believe this, he's proven to be like a better version, I think, of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's just a better passer. Jimmy's more mobile, but if you put him on really good teams, they can have a lot of success. Like, did you realize Seattle plays the Lions this week at, in Detroit? Like, Seattle, you fuck around, you you be owing too fast. Like, you watch Jared Goff, they're missing. Like, I just think Jared Goff's got a lot of positive momentum. Like, he's playing his best football. Cousins was that. Remember, it was, like, early on in Minnesota, like, you're going to pay this guy how much? And then within a couple of years, like, listen, he's got some limitations, but he's pretty good. And I'd argue, if they're both playing well, I'd, I'd rather have Jared Goff. I think people just like Goff more. I think he's just better player. Neither That's of them are. I,
3: I think you're, lim- you're just going to be.
2: But they w- would what play for ta- the
3: same teams.
2: But Goff played in a Super Bowl. Like Goff played for a high-end, one of the best teams in the league for like four years. And now he's on a team Jimmy that played might in win Super 11 Bowl. games. Who? Jimmy played in a Super Bowl. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about Cousins. I was comparing Oh, I'm cousins. sorry. The, the, but cousins and Goff are better than Jimmy. In terms of just like the stats. That, like I don't think Jimmy has the capability to throw 30 touchdowns. Do you? No, I don't. Yeah. That's what makes Jimmy weird. Like, is J- to me, like Jimmy going to go to Buffalo this week and throw like three picks. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know. He's just a weird player. Then I look at his numbers. He was 20 of 26. God, Jimmy was pretty fucking dialed. I don't know. I, I, Jimmy's like the most bizarre player in NFL history.
3: Well, if Jimmy Purdy's most, not like Purdy's just good, like you watch Purdy, and this a is our prospect. Like, to be, we will never again be nine games into Brock Purdy's career wondering, you know, wondering if it can, if this is really real, right? And Brandon Ayuk is saying, yes, it's real.
2: But it all gets back to where you're drafted. And when you're drafted really, really low, and he couldn't have been, I mean, it's impossible to be drafted any lower, that just carries with you. So it's like, to me, it'd be, it we would normalize Brock Purdy if he was like a third or fourth round pick. It, it would yeah. feel way less bizarre and crazy and outlandish than it's it's just like unheard of, like literally unprecedented. Guys in the seventh round, let alone when you're just quote-unquote Mr. Irrelevant or an undrafted free agent. And this is what, if you wanted to defend Tony Romo, it's like, well, Tony Romo, a little overrated, he's a little underrated. He was an undrafted fucking free agent. So yeah, if he would have been the third pick in the draft, I think we can nitpick him. Now you can argue once you become an established player, that's actually who you are. But he really represents, like, is he the best or one of the best undrafted free agents of all time? He probably is, because of if you factor in the position. This guy is going to go down immediately if he's a just an eight-year NFL starter at quarterback as the best one of, if not the best, seventh-round
3: picks of all time. Yeah, well, just period, one of the most valuable draft picks of all time if he's an eight-year starter.
2: Because right? you and me could find a million Hall of Famers, obviously, in the first round. But even in the second and third round. Once you really dive into like the fifth, sixth, seventh, like part of Richard Sherman's story is like he was a fifth rounder. He's going to go like Darrell Revis, top 15 pick Richard Sherman. And they remember for a couple of years, like still in his peak, they were like compared. Well, there's a huge difference of like JJ Watt, first rounder and finding some sweet pass rusher in like the fourth round. Like it's just on draft day and what you pay them for the first several years is just the gaps why. Like to me, I people always get offended, like I feel slighted. It's like you were the 40th pick in the NFL draft. Right? <laughs> you're a running back. Is it true that
3: Amon Ross St. Brown got every receiver drafted ahead of him tattooed on his butt?
2: Uh what round is he taking in? <laughs> I don't know, the third? <laughs> but but I guess my always push back on a guy, like he's a good example if he was drafted in the third or even IUK guy last l- late first, but definitely a second rounder. Cause like, I didn't go in the first round. Well, if you play fourth, slot receiver, fourth. Th- so, okay. That's, that's an excellent pick. But if you're like a really good sec, like if you're Debo Samuel and Debo's, let's just say hypothetically, doesn't feel like he cares at all anymore. <laughs> like he, he's the opposite. Like, yeah, well, drafted wherever. What am I making now? We're all good. Yeah. yeah he doesn't have all to the pick. guys, half the guys ahead of you are just like, tackles, pass rushers, and corners. Like, they, it doesn't even have anything to do with you. It's just like other teams need other guys, premium positions. It's just going to naturally knock you down. And I, whenever I see people super offended, like, you go in the seventh round, there's not like, well, I got pushed down a little bit by the run of offensive tackles. No, the entire league, <laughs> the entire league, including the 49ers, it's the Lamar Jackson thing. I'm pretty sure they had three first-round picks that year. They drafted two guys before they got to Lamar. Too.
3: Uh, j- just to clear things up he doesn't have them tattooed he just has a list I might have been uh, you know yeah, I don't even read a whole tweet anymore I can't even be bothered to stop that long so I uh, have you,
2: you click on some tweets and uh, they are I don't know if there's a limit now if you have a blue check mark because you can write forever I think there is guys. I think
3: you can publish a book on there now
2: do, um, do, you, do you guys understand the consumer in 2023 audio books man do, do voice messages on
4: Twitter on PMT he
3: rattled them off easily uh, I think audio is coming
2: Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code.
5: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
3: Um, but I do think there's a part of Brock that is not, it's not just about his draft position. It's also about the fact that he hasn't played that much. One thing I did the video yesterday, John, about the Micah Parsons video that I know that you actually sent me. And Mike is like, you know, the one thing we haven't seen him do is like late game comebacks. And it's true. Only Jalen hurts and, um, Lamar Jackson had a lower percentage of their passes in the second half trailing last year. I think Brock has like a career total of 25 passes thrown in the second half while trailing like he just hasn't he hasn't they're they're blowing a lot of people out yeah they're blowing everybody out and jalen hurts did it for a whole year so it's like brock can keep doing that and a lot of people thought that i was it's funny sunday obviously didn't help that cause either Sunday didn't help the cause be like well he came back against the raiders i got a lot of that he came back against the raiders um and it's like yeah the point is not that brock can't do it it's just mike is right he hasn't done that a lot in fact most stuff he hasn't done a lot of because he only started nine games. So beyond his draft position, like, for example, Kenny Pickett is a first-round pick. If Kenny Pickett had still not ever lost a start after nine games, I don't think we should be saying, oh, Kenny Pickett nailed that pick. It just takes time to prove it. That's all. It just takes time to keep proving it. And that's why this moment in time when it comes to Purdy is so interesting To, like, hear the things that his teammates say about him, his coaches, the opponents, what our eyes tell us, and try to figure out, is this real? Like, is this really it? Did this guy just break the mold? And the fact that he might have is a pretty big compliment because it's a pretty uphill battle whether you're the last pick or even if you're the first pick. The odds that Stroud – here's news, right? Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, and C.J. Stroud, all three of them are not going to be all pro quarterbacks for the next 10 years. They're not going to be Pro Bowl quarterbacks for the next 10 years. It's not happening, right? And if you just bet against every first-round pick at quarterback, you're going to be right more than you're wrong. It's going to be a winning bet. So, But right now, the fun of it is maybe two of them will hit. Maybe one of them will hit. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And that's the fun of Brock right now, in part, that they're winning while going, maybe this thing can work. And guess what? You can be Russell Wilson or Tom Brady. Were you? They, those guys weren't throwing for three fifty out of the out of the womb, right?
2: Do you do you know? You know what Russell won. Wilson? you know what Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers have in common? Uh, Russell will. Is this? Do you want me to guess? Because sounds. About, like it's about active. Come, it's about comebacks. You know, oh. the, the comebacks. You know. Okay. The, he doesn't have many come any comebacks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Both Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson have less comeback wins in their entire career than Derek Carr. As of last year, obviously two of these guys have retired since. Only Tom Brady, who has 46, but obviously has a lot less because there's got to be a good percentage of those over those two decades in New England where, I don't know, they were easily winning. Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford were the only guys last year of all the active quarterbacks that have more comeback wins than Derek Carr. He has more than Russell Wilson, than Cousins, than Rodgers, than Mahomes, than the Jimmys, the Goffs, the Dax. You fucking name it. So uh, wow. to me, a big part of that stat is what did the majority of Derek's career entail? Playing for bad teams. Right. Playing for awful defenses where he's just... And some of that is just you're in a lot of shootouts. The Niners' good teams aren't really getting into a lot of shootouts. Hell, when you really think about Tom, Tom came into the league and started seven years before Matt Ryan came into the league, yet Tom Brady only has eight more comeback victories than Matt Ryan. Well, what do you think a big difference is there? For a large period, Matt Ryan played on defenses where Haberman and Middlecoff were fucking rotating in. So it's like he's just getting in shootouts. So I think that stat's a little skewed. Um, If you're on a good team, you're just... Your comeback opportunities more than likely will be cut in half.
3: Well, yeah, but, the, but I agree with you. I agree with you. So there's going to be moments, but you when you have Sta- to do Stafford, it, most have of those comebacks be. are an the Lions, right? right? This is why I say it's fine. It doesn't. Uh, he will if he plays long enough, he'll get the chance to do it. And if they win a lot of games, then he will do it. But I think Jalen Hurts having no comeback throws basically last year. Is evidence that it's okay if you're on a good team it doesn't matter that doesn't have to be the thing you do right away it's no big deal it's fine it's i actually
2: think if jimmy was a better player his number would be you could add five to six because he was in a lot of tightly contested games because they struggled to score with him in the game garoppolo garoppolo like garoppolo had a chance if he was just a better player that number would have been higher i think it was 12 like it probably should have been like 16 and they would have e- eased in the playoffs hmm. definitely the one i mean the 2021 year now he had about seven injuries working at one time shoulder a thumb a toe a knee but he had a lot of opportunities in that that year now he also had made some right he had I would say his defining win as a 49er quarterback and play was the Rams game week 17 when he led them on the drive. Someone texted me yesterday. They're like, you know, I just went back to YouTube and watched the highlights. Remember Wisnowski got hurt? Robbie Gold had a punt. <laughs> and Trent was already out. Trent was out. I mean, they, they were down, what, 17 nothing at half. That, that was a game that... I wonder if they end up losing that game. I don't know if you saw but Ashton Kuchers and his wife were kind of in the news uh for some writing some letters of uh Danny character, su- yeah, character yeah character support. Yeah. But it made me think of my favorite Ashton movie and his work was The Butterfly Effect. Yeah. And I wonder what the butterfly effect is if the 49ers that historic comeback. What if Jimmy just throws one of his picks in the second half and instead of going to overtime and winning it in historic fashion then going on that playoff run against the Cowboys and the Packers which is pretty crazy. That three game stretch is I mean a defining stretch for Kyle right there. Rams. I know he lost to the Rams the second time, but Rams, Cowboys, Packers. What if you lose that Rams game, you never get that opportunity. Who knows. Yep. You know. No, it's a is big Jimmy part of is like- Jimmy even coming back an option, is, you know, it's just who knows. Yeah. I know. It's a good
3: point. It's you got you got enough of those. You, that's how you build a legacy, which Shanahan has started to build on without winning a championship. That's what's unique. But he's beaten the Rams eight out of the last nine meetings. The only one he lost was that that playoff loss.
2: You can build a legacy though as a coach without winning a championship. Andy did it for a long time in Philly. McVay won a championship relatively quick, but I would say he he kind of built a reputation within a couple of years, right? Just be having good teams, winning in the playoff games.
3: Yeah, I'm just saying you build it by having other – there are other dramatic big ways to, like, stamp your, you know, your value outside of winning a championship. And Kyle's had a lot of them. Harbaugh
2: had a lot of them. Well, the, well, the key is, right, a lot of guys have got to the Super Bowl and just lost it, and then they just whoosh, kind of disappear. Think of like, right. Dan Quinn, 28-3. Right. to three. Right. He's just – at the end of the day, he's probably a really, really good coordinator, and he's just – you know, would I want to hire him as my head coach? I, I couldn't. I don't wouldn't want a defensive guy. But I just think I'd pay him like five million dollars to be my defensive coordinator. But he's not alone. Like that he to me feels more normal than I don't know, like Kyle and, and Harbaugh are good examples of Sean McVay when he lost and Kyle Shanahan and I'd put through Harbaugh in this too. Like they lost the Super Bowl. And all of them lost in different fashion, right? Harbaugh was getting his ass kicked, lights come off, comes back. McVay loses 13 to three so you lose 13 to three you're thinking like all we had to score is 14 points to win a fucking super bowl and kyle literally had to lead the entire game till the end <laughs> uh so they all lost in pretty devastating but they all just came back immediately like they have really good coaches yeah now harbaugh's in the college but those two guys i think sean showed it you know watching that game like he's a real deal coach and obviously kyle is i mean kyle has a much better team right now than sean but if you gave Sean a top five or six roster in the NFL, his team's going to compete for a Super Bowl every time. And I think Kyle is now proving that. You give him a top roster, he's a Super Bowl contender immediately. And I know, I saw, you know, we were going to, like, the I've seen a lot of people put in the NFL's top team. Yeah, Gottlieb's texting me the other day, he's like, are, are they the favorite to win the Super Bowl? I, I mean, to me, the key is in the NFL... No, probably no different than college is just like, are you a top two or three team headed in the playoffs and injuries on your side? Then you got a chance, right? Cause football is a lot different. Like in the NBA, like do you have one of the best players in the league is if you do, you can win the championship, right? In football, it's like, well, how many injuries you got right now? How's your team playing? Cause we've seen some teams, right? Peak early and then kind of slow down. And then you see other teams kind of pick it up like the Patriots and, and the, this chiefs team always figures it out right in December, the 49ers, like, obviously they're really good. We do that. We saw last year. It's, to me, going to be about, like, are 90% of their core guys playing come the first playoff game? <laughs> because if – I don't know how many times in that game you held your breath, but for me it was several. Purdy got hit in the arm. Trent Williams at the end of the game down holding this. One time with McCaffrey, McCaffrey. it looked like he kind of slipped weird. Yep. uh And it's just the nature of football. I mean, it it probably, every fan watching their team has a player to a game. Because the sick part about the NFL is if the equivalent would have happened in the Jets game to Makai Becton or Alan Lazard or something, no one would even be talking about that today. No, right? It's no different in the 49er game. Like, Ray-Ray broke his wrist. It was like, I mean, it was a training camp story, but if I would have told you that Trent Williams or Hargrave broke their wrist you'd be like what the fuck right so it's just who gets injured because you know injuries are coming who gets injured is really all that matters and and listen the 49ers like I expect to see I think we're kind of used to this now you know Kittle's gonna be on the injury report a decent amount help Mooney Ward feels like he's got some tightness in the in the lower extremities right which I can live with he's sweet and he's clearly tough but he feels like a guy who's probably more likely to have like that nine year career than like 15, right? Like every other game, it's like, Hey, you know, the hammy's a little tight Oh, they the growing, you know, it's just, when did it go. happen? Yeah. When did it happen? You know, We don't even think it really happened in practice. It's just, and I, and this is a good example, right? The 49ers now have two chiefs and I'm not comparing Ward to Mooney cause, or I mean uh, Mooney Ward to D Ford. Cause clearly I know for a fact, the chiefs like damage goods. This one, the Niners were probably not alone. People, a lot of people, interested on him, and he's played at a really high level and he started a ton of games. But I do wonder if, like, if you really got in deep with the Chiefs, like, yeah, we just had some durability concerns long term. He, he's a good player. He started for us for four years on teams going to the Super Bowl, so it's not like we didn't think he could play. That's just something to keep an eye on. Now, yeah. it's essentially a two year, con- you know, they give him whatever four years, but they guarantee thirty million dollars. And I'm not anti the guy, but I he just he makes me a little nervous. (laughs) I agree. I agree. I I feel like he's on the injury report a lot. I think, and
3: you said like you know, are you going to run out of gas when you get to the first playoff game? (laughs) I think the key for them is to not play that first weekend to be the one seed. I think what's interesting is, and you know, we talked about this before the Steeler game, and we can talk about it with the Rams. They did not play a top. 28 NFL offensive coordinator this week, okay? Matt Canada in the QB in the OC draft is not going in the top 25. Um, So they're going to get a very different challenge with Sean McVay this week. And if their defense looks the same, then I think you really start looking at like who is the best team in the NFL or if it looks similar. But I think what's interesting with them is they haven't won a championship. And to me, the 49ers have looked consistently, they play like a team that hasn't won a championship in the sense that they seem to have the hunger of a team that has not won a championship, and if they can play that way for 17 weeks, it would be unlike anything they've really done in the Shanahan era. They had the one year, remember, where they had the number one defense. They started where well, they start nine and zero that year, um, and that would be the closest thing to what we're talking about. Where you just watch a team, you're like, "I these guys are playing with a purpose." From jump right like I, th- I i saw the line this week on colorado colorado state's 28 28 points and i saw our, bar, our boy fortinball on tv today he's like we call this a sandwich game the the high of nebraska with the high of oregon coming up this is the sandwich game i'm talking i'm taking colorado state it was eastern
2: washington I, versus fresno state last week at uh, right. bulldog stadium
3: well i texted i'm like i think it's the wrong move i think colorado's got a purpose i think they're gonna kick colorado state's ass maybe i'm wrong i don't know but I do think one thing that'll be interesting is the way the Niners looked week one was different than the way they usually look week one. What t- you said
2: that game's at night, right? That game's a night game, or after yeah. it might be an afternoon game. Yeah, but not the seven a.m. kickoff or whatever. No, 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 not, it's not big <laughs> noon, but big morning kickoff. Big morning
3: kickoff. But I think that uh, like that's just the question right now with them, and I think they might. I think they might play that way. It's always health permitting for seventeen weeks, eighteen weeks. Um,
2: you know, I think the likelihood that they're the one seat is high. Well, I think when you look, what makes it unique, right? I think we all acknowledge and we'll see. I mean, I, I expect the Bengals to be okay and the Bills just, you know, it's a big week for the Bills to the Raiders. Raiders win all of a sudden you know, 2-0. Two, oh. <laughs> two road wins. I'm not even kidding there. If, if the Raiders were to win this week, I mean, I, I would start being like, could they make a wild card? Play the Bills. They play the Bills at Buffalo, at Buffalo. so yeah. <laughs> you know, they should not win. I would imagine the line in the middle of the summer on this game would have been like Buffalo minus nine. But that was a weird Buffalo game. But my point is, Buffalo, Cincinnati, the only team right now that really like is just trying to add icing to the cake is the Chiefs. The other five, six teams in the Niners category, right, the top tier, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Niners, None of those teams obviously have won, right? I mean, this iteration of the Eagles and obviously the Cowboys haven't sniffed the NFC Championship. And then Buffalo and Cincinnati. So you have all these teams that have been right on the cusp these last couple of years. I know Cowboys have, haven't been as close, but in theory, they should have been. They had a home playoff game two years ago. They were right there with the Niners. The Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year, bring everyone back. The Bengals got to a Super Bowl. Last year, they got to the AFC Championship game and the Bills have like, keep getting knocked out by the Chiefs or the Bengals. So it's like no one's won anything. Like my point is no one's gotten over the hump. And you I think you saw it this year with like the Denver Nuggets, it's like these motherfuckers want it. You know, so it's like are the Niners the best team of that group that also is the healthiest and playing the best? Well, clearly I would say week 1 it was them and the Cowboys. They just came to fuck shit up. The difference though is I give you a little less credit like, if the Niners had done that to Seattle or the Rams week one, it'd be like, well, divisional opponent, you know them so well. The Cowboys have beaten the Giants 12 of the last 13 times. They they own the Giants. Yeah. Now, that was even a different level. But, like, when you do it to an uncommon opponent, give you credit. So I, I think right now, you know, most people, whatever the t- rankings mean, you know, the Niners, clearly one of the best teams in the league. But I didn't need... I guess you need games to validate, but we we knew it based on last year and based on everyone they're rolling back. I guess the one question was, you know, is Purdy just going to keep doing it? And the answer is clearly yes.
3: Also, Snoop, and, they have a new defensive coordinator. Now, we, Steve Wilkes a high-level coach, but they did have a new defensive coordinator. That's not nothing.
2: But I don't think it's very often, even teams in recent memory that guys have been fired, if you have really good players on defense, like last year's Bronco team or... You know, some of the years like uh, with with Flores in Miami, like if you got good players on defense yeah. and you uh, get a defense court, your defense is probably going to be pretty good. It's yeah. one of those like offense is a little more nuanced. Play calling. offense O.C. gets fired. Yeah, but it's if I give you Hargrave, Bosa, Armstead, Jax has taken a step, Warner Greenlaw and like seven defensive backs and one guy in the middle just crushing people. It's going to be hard to say. I'm not trying to diminish Wilkes, but I just think they got really, really good personnel on defense. With every guy that started last year's coming back and adding Javon Hargrave.
3: Kyle Shanahan provided the following pre-practice Niner status report. No practice for Dre Greenlaw today. Groin injury. That's a Mayoko tweet. Tracy Sandler uh, added, Shanahan called it just wear and tear, which I guess would be... He's a wear and tear guy. Which is good news. Wear and tear week two. is not great news, but, uh, you know. I'd
2: I'd, I'd, I'd also put him in the Mooney Ward category of just like, a lot of wear and tear on the lowers, hammies, that area, that region. He just, he just got, and that's maybe a great athlete problem that I can't relate to. But <laughs> Do you of agree? Muscle. They just, a lot of, a lot of just muscles muscle yanking a yeah. little bit with those two. Yeah, a lot of muscle yanking, no doubt about it. Uh,
3: Rams, Niners, one eight of nine. I texted Papa today. I said, "Greg,
2: does, does that is the is the one missing? The one they lost for all the marbles?" Yeah. NFC Championship game was the loss. Would they trade eight of those for that? I guess yeah. the problem is you couldn't because if they would have lost the regular season game, right. they never would have the opportunity to
3: play. Good so. point. I texted Greg today. I said that, Greg, I don't know if you've noticed, but Brett Marr kicks extra points from the left hash. Something to watch. What would he say? He Moody, Moody kicks from the middle of the field, John. Something to watch.
2: He hasn't replied. I feel, do moment. you feel, Papa, maybe it's the colors Maybe he did this back in the Raider days. But I feel he takes extra pride in wearing the Niners team gear. He
3: dressed like Kyle in an interview with Kyle the other day. Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah, the Niners red hoodie and the Niners like the Kyle hat, the the ham hat that we made with the square patch in the middle of it.
2: I'd be lying if I've seen every team's play-by-play. I would say the overwhelming majority of them do stuff like that, right? do interviews with the head coach and yeah, the GM yeah, yeah. and players throughout the week, either for the website or the way they do it, you know, for NBC. I feel like Greg by far is the closest in terms of attire. I mean, a lot of guys, I Mitch Holtis, Chiefs polo, right? Paris slacks or something. I mean, Greg just looks like, hey, man, you need a Cissino line coach? He <laughs> does. Does, does, that, does Adam Peters need a guy up there? Uh, you got 10 guys you want me to take a look at, you know, that are underclassmen right now? He just, he just ready to like mix in immediately to the operation sneaky. good. You you need me to hand you the the mic and, and start, I can do write-ups right now. You got any
3: college guys you want me to take a peek at? He probably does the thing where he like, I know you didn't ask, but you know, I'm a go, I'm a, I'm a doer. So here's 10 pages scouting report, Kyle.
2: Yeah. 100%. It was like like, what
3: Jed fish did to get a job with Steve Spurrier, you know?
2: Exactly, like, hey, flying down. Hey, John Adam, I know you're flying down to L.A. I see the Trojans are playing at 8. Are you guys planning on going? I, I'll come with you. You know, one of those. Definitely, uh, Phil Savage, when he was doing Alabama radio, I think used to be a week ahead and always give Nick something on, on Sunday. I'll
3: tell you, when I saw Greg at practice in like the Niner long sleeve and the shorts, he looked – he could have jumped on the field you wouldn't have known because he, he's good – he's like – Good calves, good
2: calves, not Johnson calves, but good calves. <laughs> you, you, but you do feel like I feel like it was less like, may, may, hell, maybe the Raiders didn't have extra gear in the facility for him. Could have been that you know, limitations, budget, but that. uh, yeah, could have been that. Don't
3: know. Um, you watch the Rams Seahawks game, yeah, I had it on. Uh, do you have trouble signing in to your NFL? Uh, plus, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tradition unlike any other. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the
2: worst for some reason i can watch it on my ipad but on my monitor here i it just it doesn't even exist i do so annoying i did I, I flew i realized halfway through like i i gotta google half these players for the Rams. Like, who are they playing with and they they look pretty good yeah i was like who is k
3: williams <laughs> k1 is yeah. that you running back but the no i think is like it's 10 million people notre
2: dame. notre dame fans all over the country know exactly who that is. i know I, did, um, I didn't know him either. I'm not claiming. Stafford to him, looked but. good. Well,
3: Stafford I mean, looked good. I mean, they're, they're play- Look, I do think. I know everyone loves like. Should, it, should
2: it be? Should it be a seven and a half point line, regardless of how young and unproven their players are? After that, yeah, it should be a
3: seven and a half point line. Partly because of the way the Niners looked last week. Partly because the Niners beat them twice last year by multiple scores. Right. Partly because, despite the efforts of all the local podcasters, Kelly Stafford, it's probably going to be hard for. The Rams offense to hear uh, at SoFi because of the number of Niner fans that go. Um, was despite- that
2: AI story? Did you see that? Is that real? Which one, Alan? They're putting like AI bots, <clears throat> putting them in Rams and Chargers gear in the in the stadium. I don't. Maria forwarded me something on Instagram. I didn't know. I, I couldn't tell if it was like a meme or. Are they supposed video. to like make believe- noise? Is that the idea? Yeah, and you just put them in the Rams jersey. They're like robots, you know. So basically, like I guess the team would buy the tickets they, they because clearly there's gonna be a there's gonna be a home game.
3: Yeah. So I mean, um, yeah, I think the Lions fair, but I also just I don't care how many times in a row Kyle Shanahan beats Sean McVay. I have a very high level of respect for Sean McVay and his operation. And you're not playing Matt Canada this week. You're just you're not playing Matt Canada this week, right? Like you're playing a a coach who could fucking do some crazy shit to you. Movie what? promo. Oh, you know it might be the thing with the uh with the with the little a i kid I think it's that you seen that that commercial
2: no is yeah, that what AI, they're doing AI now with the rider strike
3: a <laughs> <laughs> i kid movie so anyway i I don't know what's your take on what do you think of that line nine or seven and a half
2: yeah i mean i i, if it if I was if I was a bookmaker it feels like uh, once you get plus the touchdown just given that I think we we give Purdy after the Purdy experience of going, well, you know what? This guy went to a program that was typically undermanned when he'd play Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, right? Most of the teams he was playing in his conference, they were like middle tier at best in terms of the recruits, even though I know he had Brees Hall. But for the most part, Iowa State is not some top tier Big 12 program, at football at least. I wonder if Matt Stafford, because watching him in that game, think how many years like he just had one of the worst teams in the NFL yeah (laughs) or as the season went and you know Calvin Johnson or whatever got hurt he was just on a team that was going to win five six games and the league respected him so much because that fucking guy would put up numbers he would just keep his team in there he would just he could just play and the one thing that I wrote this team off on is, I was like, well, he's just going to get hurt because his elbow's going to go a little bit like a baseball pitcher. That guy that we witnessed is the guy they traded for. That's the guy that Kyle Shanahan wanted. That's the guy that the Rams, ultimately, like. they both wanted Matt Stafford, kind of like Christian McCaffrey last year, and the Rams had the, I don't know if it was an inside job, but ultimately, I think the Lions would say, listen, you think we just took Jared Goff because I like Jared Goff. We need a quarterback, and look, it's working out pretty well for us. So the Niners could not provide that. And... I guess they technically could have traded Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't know if you know maybe the guy liked Jared Goff more than Jimmy Garoppolo, right? He's a, he was a Ram scout, the the GM. Yeah. But ultimately, my point is like the version that we saw against Seattle was like the version that Kyle and Sean got smitten for and traded for, right? That that's how he looked to me, just slinging around how comfortably he looked. He's healthy. looked good. I mean, he he's healthy. John. They he's didn't good, have
3: Cooper Cup, and they, he threw for three thirty. Tutu Atwell yeah. and Puka and Nakua each went for like 120.
4: Well,
2: remember last year, McVay, one of his classic like uh, Gruden moments where he just all of a sudden he's like, oh, he, this guy, they hate Cam Akers. They told him, don't show up. He's in the doghouse. Cam Akers says, trade me, cut me. And then like by the end of the season, they've made up. They had a come to Jesus moment. They're friends again. By the end of the season, Cam Akers like toting the rock. You're watching. It's like Cam Akers just a member of the squad running the ball. I mean, they, to me, their running game, just the two guys, the, obviously the young guy from Notre Dame, Williams and, and Cam Akers, and then just all their receivers say this about Puka and Nakua. He kind of plays a little like Cooper Cup, It's just like, yeah, they just that's their guy. It, he's wearing a team number. Stafford was comfortable with them. Um, McVay had an unreal fourth down play call that was a walk into like McVay's a real coach. Pete obviously is, too. I wonder if Seattle was a little like college football team ish where they were kind of feeling themselves. Because they were winning at halftime, but it was just – I think it was 13-7. to seven. And then they just got – I thought they got boat race in the second half. Well, they couldn't – they had 12 yards of offense in the second half. Not good. So DK shoved a guy, got a penalty, and Pete, I think, said on his radio hit yesterday, like him and DK had like a closed-door meeting. Like, well, they, DK emotions.
3: like would not – they didn't get the penalty at first – got away with it, and then like the Rams kept kind of like instigating him, and he couldn't resist, and then he got a penalty.
2: Yeah, it's... He's got to be one of, if not the best-looking non-linemen just standing there in a jersey. It's like, God, I'd want this guy on my team. Did, did you... Oh, I know. Did You You look could at argue it's an all-time forward? crazy that that individual went at the end of the second round. Like, no one yeah, just but... pulled the trigger like the know. end of the first. I know.
3: Uh, I don't know about you, but I watched the game... And uh, I was like, God, Gino. I mean, like, I keep wanting to write him off, but he does just not many guys throw the ball pretty as him. And then you look, and he's like sixteen to twenty six for one twelve. You know,
2: it was I agree. He had one play where he was kind of like he was pushed out of the pocket, kind of scrambled, and then he just let this ball rip. Beautiful spiral hit this guy in the hands. I'm like, that's a beautiful throw. Yeah,
3: he had it one of the that- better. It
2: looked better
3: than the numbers. But those, but that's you know, we know the Niners have their number. I mean, they don't. One of the Niners play Seattle first.
2: I don't think it's for a little while. Well, someone said, like, obviously last year was a little bit of an outlaw. It's like the circle of life. Rams own Seattle. Seattle, until last year, owned the Niners. Right? And then the Cardinals just do weird shit. Cardinals are... I, I could see them winning a random divisional game. I could see it, honestly. I could see the Niners being, like, fucking 13-1 and absolutely mailing it in. It being, like... 10 10 in the third quarter. Like, are they even awake? They got that in them. We've seen it every year. I mean, it's it's football. Whether it happens against the Cardinals, yeah, it's, it will happen. They got an egg written all over them against a team draft in the top like six.
3: It's a, a, a bad win for the Cardinals, then, is what you're saying. The
2: yeah, like accidental win. It, like, oh, it was God. really more about the the mail in job.
3: Um, I've thought. Uh, you, you made me think, I, I, it hit me yesterday that the Aaron Rodgers is, what what the NFC Championship game felt like is what the Aaron Rodgers thing feels like. Robert Sala said today he'd be shocked if Aaron retires. He thinks he, his plan is to rehab and come back in 2024. My initial re- reaction was, I think we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers, but uh,
2: the one think thing cri- I kinda, think he cried, I don't
3: know. Did you see he said, sorry, kid, to Garrett Wilson? He's like Mickey Mantle or something.
2: When did he say that in the locker room? He's like, "Sorry, kid." <laughs> not funny, but kind of is.
3: Yeah, not funny, but is. Uh terrible. I mean, I'm I'm sad just because I I was like kind of I was legit legitimately bummed, even though I expected it because I, the way he got up and walked, I was like
2: ah, I don't know. I expected it, but still was bummed. I didn't believe it, and then I think Troy mentioned something at the beginning of the second half. It's like, did someone whisper something in their ears? Cause clearly they knew, right?
3: Well, yeah. I, Rat- does,
2: does Aaron know right when he hits his butt, you think?
3: I Yeah, I think Aaron knew. And I think that's why he reacted the way he did. Because anybody, when you know now, like we've all had buddies that pop an Achilles and they all tell you right away, like it was weird. And then right away, I was like, oh, fuck. I think, I think you just know. It wasn't like a broken ankle would have really hurt. He just knew. But Garofalo today made a comment. He's like, you know, you don't let it out when you know because you don't want the the players or the fans in the stadium to find out. I was like, oh, you know, I, it made sense. You know, like you don't want like the Andrew Luck retirement, right? Like you don't want that scene happening. Not that they would have booed Andrew. Remember when Andrew Luck got booed walking off the field in Indy because Schefter reported that Andrew was about to retire?
2: You're acting like they might leave.
3: Yeah, that's what Garofalo says. Like you're afraid the fans are just going to get so bummed and leave. Um, I thought to me you the- large,
2: Do you see the historic number of the, for the ratings. Yeah. I wonder if a decent amount because if you if you didn't gamble on the game, it's football, so you probably you'd watch it. I mean, it could be like Jags or Texans. People just kind of still pay attention. I I felt this way. I just kind of kept watching, hoping for an update. Yeah. I wonder if there was a decent three or four million people that are like, listen, I, I, this game doesn't mean anything to me anymore. I feel like a huge letdown, but I'm going to watch till they say like, he has a high ankle sprain or he broke a bone or his Achilles. Like you just kind of waited and they, mm-hmm. they, they teased you a little bit, but they didn't, you broadcasters, I saw that Joe Bucks was like, you know, you prepare all off season and then you get thrown a curveball. It's like, it's not that complicated. Aaron Rodgers goes out, you fucking know. you saying for Zach him, he,
3: got, he said he got thrown a curveball?
2: Well, he, no, he just kind of hyped up, like, you just got to be prepared for it all. Like, it's not that difficult. Oh, Obviously, right, it right. sucks. Like, the hype of the game, you could feel it leave the stadium. Also, it's not like when that like rush came in. Like, you, you'd already had the research on Zach Wilson in your head. 100%. And to me, what sucked is, like, that game, I, I mean, honestly, he clearly got hurt in the fourth or fifth play, so I didn't even have time to tweet this, but I almost tweeted, like, I like taking subtle shots at, like, Adam Silver. That game was just such a good example. Like, when it just kicked off in the moment, and there were other variables, 9-11 and stuff, but that, even if it would have been 9-12 or 9-10, I think it would have felt the same because of the Rodgers thing against the Bills, you know, the, one of the powerhouses. You can't tell me that just the vibe on your TV, if I just you fell asleep for six months and I just plopped you and you didn't know what day it was. And I would have been like, this is Monday night football of the playoffs, right? Or this is the night game on Saturday of the second round. Like it, it has, that, that that's what football and obviously Dion, none of the, I mean, Adam Silver, they just had to pass a law to get people to play on national televised games. Like in football, you can't fake when you really add like star players and stuff, the power of, like, this is incredible TV. That's what sucked about him going down. Obviously, it's Aaron Rodgers, and that sucks for, like, ruins their season, but it was like this game in a vacuum felt like I'm watching a national championship or something. Yeah. And every one of their games, if it was good, was going to feel that way, right? They played Dallas this week. Yeah, they're still going to have, just because the way they play defense and stuff, but how do you...
3: I thought the stupidest thing the last two days was people trying to figure out who their next like who can they get. Like, have you has what the fuck are we talking about? What do you mean who are they gonna get? But you what this is so idiotic? Who are they gonna get? Who are they gonna get? Nobody. What do you mean who are they gonna get?
2: Aren't Philip they kind of screwed too? Not, because he's gonna Matt come. Ryan? is he kind of coming back? This is like could yeah, they like, trade for someone? DM I, me like could they trade for Kyler Murray? Well, they still owe Aaron seventy-five million the next two years. They're going to take Kyler Murray's two thirty and then just figure it out next year. Like, no, well, part of this is economics, like, right? Mike White, you can't trade for Kirk Cousins.
3: You can't trade for Mike White. He's four four
2: years, eight million dollars. You can't go get Mike yeah.
3: White. But I don't <laughs> even no, know. Like, I, I I I have been. I'm not. They owe really a second really, round
2: pick next year for Aaron Rodgers. At least it's right? not a first, So it's like.
3: Uh, I have been baffled often by by uh, like the the what's the word? Not the narrative. The. The discourse. This one blew my mind. Like, what the? What are we? What do you mean? Who are they going to get? Are you guys insane? Half the league hates their quarterback, and the Jets are going to find a second quarterback somewhere? No, they're not getting anybody. I mean, they could get somebody, but no one's saving them. I'd play back, but I mean, it was pretty bad the other day.
2: But he actually kept some plays alive. Like you do, do have to have a, you do have to have a mobile quarterback yeah, with their offensive Jacoby line. You
3: can't Jacoby Brissett, right? That doesn't no. work. He'll get hurt in one week.
2: I, I wonder Cole if McCoy's Zach is just. I mean, he's thirty eight years old. Colt McCoy sucks. Colt well, McCoy is. He had one good game against the Niners. You remove that game, it mostly sucks. He mostly looks like Zach Wilson. Exactly. The other thing, back. if I'm Woody Johnson, it's like, listen, guys, this sucks. This is no one's fault. This is a freak deal. Maybe it's, left it's not a fault, but Yeah, it's like why, left tackle in the league. Hey, hey, Nate Hackett, w- w- why are we going five wide? Why, and I saw someone, I don't know if Diana Rossini, highest paid athletic writer currently, I, I read, is there was like Aaron did not like some of the schemes with the cut blocks. He, he wasn't into that. And he like told the coaches, like, I don't like, because like that play is a good example of like you just cut the guy. Well, if you miss, he just gets a free release like on that play. And, um, Clearly, I don't think they were on the same page on that. Even though it feels like that's his BFF weird deal, kind of Aaron pointing fingers. But why didn't you just run the ball like every play? Start the game off just just, just settle hammer in. the just settle. But to me, it, it what does Aaron love? Four or five wide. He's like Mike yeah. Leach. That's like his style. It's like Aaron, what what are we doing here? Um,
3: one of my takeaways from Hard Knocks, which was really good, was that Aaron's not the top tier commander type leader that the coach needs. I, I was watching, I'm like an episode behind, but they had a practice and like a couple drops missed block. And Aaron just starts pouting and like, what are we doing? You know, that whole thing. I, I think it might, mu- I think it was going to be a weird season for them if he was healthy, but I don't know, maybe it would have been really
2: successful. We all got robbed of seeing it. Well, that's a butter, the Ashley Kutcher butterfly effect. If Aaron never gets hurt, does Josh Allen throw three picks and have a fumble? Because everything dramatically changes in the game once the guy's out, it, it just does. Now mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he does. He's been he's been playing shitty, but that's the unknown. The crazy part about this is like forever. Aaron Rodgers just—he's the Green Bay Packers quarterback. Like if that ha- if he had torn his Achilles to the Green Bay Packers, we'd be like, God, that's that's a team done in the NFC, right? Maybe not. Now that Jordan Love actually might be functional, but regard—you know what I'm saying? Like it, mm-hmm. it's completely irrelevant to all the NFC teams. Honestly, the only team is relevant to is the Packers. Like, fuck, we 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 wanted that first round pick because even if they have success, you don't care. You are not in your conference. Yeah, sixty percent of the snaps.
3: I think was the number.
2: It's obviously sixty percent. Yeah. that. Gosh. But he got four. He got four. What? What? I, I I think that's the worst when you factor in the variables because. Like, Obviously, you know, Steve Young got KO'd on Monday Night Football. He had a decade as a 49er starter, won MVPs. Four snaps, trade for Aaron Rodgers. Four snaps. I I think it's the worst injury, or it's the most shocking injury, excuse me, I've ever seen. Part of what makes it so
3: bad, like
2: to your point, is how high you were on the guy. Like you got an
3: MVP. You didn't just get, any, you didn't just get it's not Matt Flynn that got hurt, it's Aaron Rodgers that got
2: hurt. Factor in the franchise. I think you also got to factor in like how happy he felt. Like, God, this guy's really into yeah. the season.
3: Also, watching hard knocks, like every practice, like eight things would go wrong, but then it would be like, well, at least we got Aaron. You know, they'd all look around like, well, at least we got Aaron
2: on offense. I was thinking about that too. Like, what's his, what's the pivot in the meeting today? Like, hey, guys, I know we said no matter what happens, we got a chance to win every game because Aaron Rodgers. Now he, we're never going to see him the rest of the year, so uh, we don't have a chance to win every game. So we got to be extra good. Like, that's what sucks. This is, I think, if Robert Sala were to find a way to win, go above five hundred, you'd give him a contract extension. Yeah, to have this happen. But also, if they could easily probably end up winning six or seven games, and the way the NFL works, like he would not. I could just, if you're the owner, you're like, listen, Aaron got hurt, but the reason we suck is because this guy you drafted number two overall was really the shittiest player we've ever seen. Honestly, two of them, right? Because Beckton, too. I mean, two of their guys they drafted in the top ten, one quarterback, one tackle. If they suck, football's long, man. You, you just got a lot of time to think between games. You start losing, especially if they start losing a lot of games, like 13 to 7. I, the way they're going to lose... I think
3: they're going to be okay. Their defense is so good.
2: Well, I know, but if they don't win... The games are all going to be low-scoring, so you're going to be like, we just wasted one of the – what if they have, like, the number one scoring defense in the league and go 7-10? and You think
3: you can go 7-10 and with the number one scoring defense in the league? With, like, clearly legit running back and a sweet number one receiver? Well, think how good their division is. God just doesn't want Nathaniel Hackett to be a successful play caller. (laughs) I just (laughs) – he put him in Denver, then got stuck with Russ. Then he gave him finally. Aaron's going to carry
2: him, and he gets hurt. Yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe Saul can spend more time with his 15 children.
3: I like Robert. Man, I, I am all in on Robert Saul after watching Hard Knocks. I'm a believer in Robert. All right, anything else to add today? People keep asking. Giants are in trouble. Lock of the week. Yeah, Kyle Harrison's not pitching well right now. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lock of the week yet.
2: Do you? Yeah, it'd probably be Giants at Arizona. I, I could see them just. It's going to be a team that lost last week. I, I'm tempted to go Steelers against the Browns. It, it's to me. It's all that's just the way Week One, Week Two works, especially with a decent team. How about Bills at home against the Raiders? Big number though. What is the number? Eight and a half. I think the move is to stay away from the large numbers early in the season, because you're just even. That's my thing with the Forty ers like. The Rams may end up winning five games, but you're going to get their best when Stafford's healthy, McVay's, you know, not sleep-deprived. Their young players have momentum. Things are just weird in the beginning of the season. Just, I don't know. I I, I think it's really hard to gamble the first two weeks. I mean, look at last week. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I love the Steelers, plus three. I don't like really betting against the Niners, but that that was a game that it was like, hey, yeah, you knew right away. You are like, yeah, that's a fucking terrible bet. <laughs> I think I like the cat. I I like the Giants too. Plus, like they were like plus four. Yeah, I mean the Pats were like plus seven. They covered. Everyone was covering. Lot of a lot of. I think the home. I think I read a stat like the home team against the spread was not good. Like the the road dog was. Mm-hmm. I think like 11 and 4, 12 and 3, you know, it was it looked that way.
3: Yeah, Lions won, Bucks won as a as an underdog. Uh Cardinals covered, Cardinals covered, Titans covered. Uh I'm just going through. Pack- Packers, Packers more I think were than plus plus 1. Yeah. Yeah. Raiders, Rams 1 as a underdog, Raiders 1 as an underdog. Dolphins 1 as an underdog. Yeah, Bills weren't an underdog. Uh, actually, Jets covered. So, yeah. All right. On that note, thanks for hanging out. Bills,
2: Bills Bills were favored in that game last week.
3: Yeah, Bills were favored against the Jets two yeah. and a half. Jets one and covered. T- uh, the Titans covered. Well, I guess obviously the Jets won. Gotcha.
2: Titans covered even though they lost. Yep, Titans covered.
3: So,
1: all right, y'all.